0: welcome beautiful people to growthology podcast i'm lorena and i'm a licensed mental health therapist that is very interested in the science behind all things well-being and growth and i am monica i'm a working
1: mom a wife currently a college student and i'm just an everyday person who's trying to live a happy and healthy life in our podcast we discuss topics like personal growth wellness Mindfulness and emotional intelligence, and in hopes to grow a community of positivity. Hello, beautiful people! Today we're going to talk about emotional intelligence. So, what is emotional intelligence? Why does it matter? How can we get better at increasing our emotional intelligence? and better at managing our emotionals in general. And of course, we always have resources, so those are helpful. Lorena, what can you tell me about emotional
0: intelligence? The More Than Sound LLC from 2017 defines emotional intelligence as a different way of being smart that's not related to our IQ. So they refer to emotional intelligence as our EQ um and that is how we manage ourselves and our relationships so there's four parts to emotional and social intelligence model number 1 is being self aware of our emotions and how they affect us as well as knowing our strengths and our weaknesses the second is self management this is our ability to control our impulses and how we react So responding to a stimulus in a healthy way, as well as our ability to adapt to change or negative circumstances. The third one is social awareness. So our ability to understand and tap in to other people's emotions. So kind of feel their vibe. And four, relationship management. So our ability to maintain healthy relationships and communicate effectively with others also our ability to work in team settings or group settings, as well as managing any conflict that might arise with other people.
1: So I hadn't heard the term emotional intelligence until like three or
0: four years ago. I think it's just kind of starting to become popular as a term. I think we all probably knew once we saw the definition, we were like, oh yeah, I mean, I know that that's a thing and it's a good thing, but I also wasn't aware of the term.
1: That term specific is new. And I mean, just like all the different books that both you and I have both read, they're all related to emotional and social intelligence, but I just never categorized it as that. Now looking back, it's all the same thing. Emotional intelligence, mindfulness, social intelligence, Mm -hmm. how are our emotions, those people around us, how are we engaging through different conversations involving emotions, because almost every conversation has emotions, especially nowadays. You can't say anything (laughs) (laughs) without people freaking out.
0: You made me feel bad. I know. You hurt my feelings.
1: You know, and I've always been super emotional. As a kid, I was emotional. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, learning to be more, I guess, intelligent about that. It's like you can still grow to learn to Mm -hmm. understand yourself and maybe why you're feeling emotions and then respond better with those emotions because I thought my emotions were a setback
0: for a really long time. Definitely not. I think that's what we're, especially as women, that's what we're told that it is. You know, it's weakness or being dramatic, but That's not the case. I mean, we all have emotions. It's just about how to express them in a healthy way.
1: Right. And everybody's going to be different. Everyone has their own flaws that they express their emotions through in a negative way or, you know, the same things that will make you respond in a positive way. It's Nobody's going to look exactly the same.
0: Yeah. And our thoughts, feelings, and actions are all interconnected in some way. So it's important to first be aware of this and know that the way that we think and feel is going to affect the way that we behave.
1: Yeah. In relationships, I think, especially with, my marriage right now having that emotional intelligence has really helped our communication and that's just Mm -hmm. an action that i'm responsible for right because it's like i'm approaching the situations or the confrontations differently and not being so quick to get caught up in necessarily my feelings But, you know, what my partner is trying to say to me over maybe how they're saying it, I think I kind of mentioned that before. Sometimes when you're upset, you say things in a certain way. You know, it's easy to get caught up in your feelings. Oh, that really hurt my feelings. But that's taking that focus away from what your partner is trying to communicate. Um, And that's not something that's easy, but it definitely helps when you're trying to find a solution or resolution to whatever disagreement that you're having. There is a really interesting part of a book. So the title of the book is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And a part of it kind of talks about the feelings of love. So somebody had approached the author and asked his advice, saying that he was having trouble with the person he was married to and he didn't feel like he loved them anymore. And he asked him like, what should I do? And his response is the way that you love somebody is by loving them. And he seemed, you know, like really confused by the answer. And of course, I was confused too, (laughs) because how do you love somebody (laughs) when you don't love someone? Yeah. But I think we forget, you know, love can be a feeling, but love is also an action. And it's something that you do. So showing that you love somebody, being there for them, being patient with them, hearing, you know, how their day went, all of those things are part of love. Cuz you know, you see somebody you're attracted to them, you think that that's love. And then you're yeah. you're then responding to your feelings. But to be mature enough to say that you own your own actions and that you can think that somebody's attractive, but that doesn't mean that you have to say that that's love and go follow that somewhere but if they're if you're in a relationship that's what you're going to continue to put that effort into rather than seeking right. that quick satisfaction in other places also it's the way that we perceive situations and not jumping to like negative conclusions so if you're you know having some kind of discussion where you're not seeing eye to eye And rather than playing the victim and the hero roles and making them the villain, they hurt me, those kinds of things, just really trying to understand one another and not let your feelings inhibit from responding appropriately in that disagreement. Yeah, it's all the narrative that we're telling ourselves and the narrative that you say to yourself, it becomes the driver behind your emotions. So really looking at the situation for how it is than nicking those predispositions or those prejudgments.
0: All that you said is I wish we had learned that in school. Mm-hmm. Like maybe in a health class, you would think that yeah. <laughs> managing your emotions is like, okay, I know how to put a condom on, but can you tell me how to manage my emotions? Because <laughs> that's also an important part of being in a relationship, not just not catching STDs and having safe sex. I mean, that's really important too, but mm-hmm. I also don't want to be crying about this boy all the time. <laughs> and they
1: don't really have a class. Like, I don't think I had my first emotional intelligence type of topic brought up until. I took my psychology class in college. Yeah. Like we didn't really talk about these things.
0: And even then, I feel like it was more based on like history and who the founding fathers were rather than how to implement ways to manage our emotions.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: And even, you know, besides the fact that it's not taught in schools, a big one is also what are our parents teaching us or our guardians, you know, who were around growing up Personally, I think especially my mom, I would be more open with her about how I was feeling. And I just don't think she knew the right answer. So she couldn't give me the right answer. She was always there for me to listen. But a lot of her go-to's was like, don't pay attention to that. Don't let it bother you. And that would just honestly make me even more mad because it's like she's basically telling me just don't feel those feelings but it's like how Mm -hmm. you know right I know that she meant well but it wasn't really helpful at the time
1: and I'm sure like that's just the same thing that she was told growing up because these types of topics weren't really embraced by society it's just like you just are in these situations and you just have to deal with it and not really like put that focus on that feeling. When sometimes just putting that focus on the feeling in the beginning, and then continuing on, it changes the way that people are listening to you. I think that even if I don't necessarily agree with what people are saying, a lot of times just like I, I understand where you're coming from, or I hear what you're saying. Yeah,
0: validation.
1: Right, that first part of your response will often change the way that they receive what you have to say after rather than just saying, forget about that feeling or something like that. But if you like take that time to just validate it for somebody, then it'll help the way that that conversation is going. Because they don't feel like it's being just disregarded. And I think sometimes we don't even realize we're doing that when we're trying to help people.
0: You know, I have to throw this in here. It's one of my favorite parts of the podcast, a statistic (laughs) (laughs) or a study. Um, I have one quick one. Researcher Linda Jiwin-Song and colleagues in 2010 found that emotional intelligence is a pretty big predictor of academic success. But also a contributor to academic success. It's also a significant factor in the quality of social interactions with other people. And it could also contribute to social life in general.
1: So why do you think it plays such a big role in the success of people
0: because our world is just so socially based like we need to interact with people no matter what even if we don't like to so if you're gonna do it you might as well do it well Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I think that it helps people become successful because they have a way with people
1: Mm -hmm.
0: sometimes somebody could go into a job interview and one person might know all the facts maybe of the company be able to give the perfect answer to all their questions but if this person has no personality it's like a different type of intelligence it's Mm -hmm. like IQ and emotional intelligence versus academic intelligence I think we give a lot of importance to IQ, but not so much EQ. And sometimes I think it could be even more important than just intelligence, the IQ.
1: So in high school, we actually did a mock interview as one of our assignments for class. And I answered all of my questions really well. But some of the feedback that I got is that I didn't really make good eye contact. Mm -hmm. And I never knew that I was bad at making eye contact. I think like maybe I knew subconsciously is that, you know, when you're nervous, I I never really looked at people in the eye. But after I got that feedback, it became apparent to me. And that's like one thing that I think when you're meeting people or you're talking with people, especially when it's about something that's personal and important, Mm -hmm. like that eye contact will really make the difference between whether they're open and wanting to tell you more or like they decide that they don't trust you if you're not doing those social Cues, So it's interesting that you related it to the social piece because it is a big part of it. And if we don't trust people or we become defensive or people become defensive with us, that's unprogressive dialogue. It's not going anywhere. It's not going to resolve anything. But if we're able to understand ourselves and understand other people then we can have positive communication, whether it's in your relationship, whether it's in your intimate relationship, so like it's in your work setting. All of it can apply across the board, just understanding the same concepts and applying it. And that will then make you more successful.
0: Right. Those who are high in emotional intelligence also do the following, according to Schmitz from 2016. They consider other people's feelings as well as their own feelings. They practice empathy for other people and are able to relate to them in conversation. They have a sense of trust and they're able to build that trust with other people, both with verbal and nonverbal cues to communicate honestly. And they also recognize, identify, and clear up any misunderstandings that they might have with others. So there's an acronym uh, used to remember the different aspects of emotional intelligence called RULER. Um, So RULER stands for Recognizing Emotions in Self and Others, Understanding the Causes and Consequences of Our Emotions, labeling emotions accurately. So kind of like if you can name it, you can tame it. It's important to be specific about our emotions, not just stick to I feel good, I feel bad, I feel happy, I feel sad. Be labeling how we feel more accurately is going to be a better way for us to tame that emotion. The E is for expressing emotions appropriately and regulating emotions effectively. And there's also harmful ways to manage emotions. So like denying that you're feeling it, withdrawing from the emotion, self-harm, substance use. Those are all kind of ways that some of us try to manage our emotions at times that do more harm than good.
1: So one of the interesting things that I've recently learned is when you're in kind of like a difficult conversation that... There are normally two responses from people, and it's either you get really defensive, like you want to argue back or you come off a bit, I guess assertive would be the term, Um, and the other one would be to withdraw. And I thought that this is interesting because I think naturally when I'm in like disagreements with people, um, my instinct is to just withdraw and like kind of keep my thoughts to myself. But understanding that that's not necessarily the healthy response to kind of like pull myself out of that withdrawal and understanding where that conversation may have went south and readdressing that and then understanding too that if you're in a conversation with somebody and you see that they start getting defensive or that they start withdrawing, what can you do to kind of prevent that from continuing on? Because that's not a positive communication environment either for them because yeah, really you want to be in a space that everybody feels comfortable into putting their information into like the open community that's how you can get the best quality is where everybody puts in their strengths and ideas and we can all collaborate and work together. And Mm -hmm. then the negative would be where somebody is saying, this is what we're doing. And then everybody's upset. The more you get people to openly put in, then the more positive outcome you'll have in the situation. So that's one of the things that I've kind of have to remind myself. If I get caught up in my feelings that it's not helping, Or if I see that somebody else is starting to get emotional, how can I take a step back and build their security before we can Mm -hmm. continue on?
0: Right, because there's got to be a balance between not being too pushy, but also being comfortable enough to talk about what's going on right? so that the other person does feel comfortable saying why they're upset or why they're feeling whatever it is that they're feeling.
1: Mm hmm. Right. And then we all have that friend that we can just have candid conversations with. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like that kind of communication. It's really healthy. Even if you don't agree, you're still able to be all open and honest with each other. There's ways mm-hmm. that you can implement that in your relationships with everybody. And it's yeah. by through being emotionally intelligent. I mean, it takes a lot of time. <laughs> Because you're basically rewiring what your brain is telling you to do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it can dramatically improve your relationships and how you communicate.
0: So we know that it's important. What steps can we take to improve our emotional skills? So the first one is to listen. If we want to understand how others are feeling and be open with us, the first thing we have to do is really listen and pay attention. So active listening not just listening for the sake of responding and thinking what we're going to say next, but really paying attention to people's tones and their body language as well.
1: And I just want to make a point that you can't listen if you're thinking of your counter argument. Your mind Mm -hmm. can't do both. It can only do one. So if you're truly actively listening, you're not thinking of, oh, wait, I'm going to say that. Oh, wait, I'm going to say that. You're not really listening. You're just thinking of, how you're going to combat that discussion. Yeah, how you
0: respond. Right. Especially during an argument where things get emotional. It's hard because we want to make sure the other person understands us, but we can't have a productive conversation, disagreement, argument if we're not really listening. Mm -hmm. Another way is being empathetic. Um, So understanding really where other people are coming from by empathizing. Because this is a really good way to connect with them. Doing this can help build a better emotional understanding of where that other person is coming from. So I actually do this a lot when people upset me. It makes me feel better when I think of their life and how they got to the point of where they're, they are currently. Even if it's not true. So even if I have to make up this thing in my head, it just helps me regulate my own emotions. And it helps me not take things so personally. So just kind of being more open and more empathetic and understanding where other people come from.
1: Also, you have to be able to leave your own emotions in order to understand that other person's emotions. Like you said, when you're upset, taking a pause and then Like refocusing that into, okay, what is that person going through? What is that person trying to say? Where are they coming from? Rather than why is this person making me feel this way? and kind of like adjusting in your own mind what their intent is rather than focusing on it like is this person trying to hurt me but taking the pause and then looking at them and their emotions and where they're coming from like
0: yeah and not only doing this during the interaction But also being able to reflect on it once it's already happened. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're all going to make mistakes. There's always something that we could have done better. And, you know, once we've gone through the steps of being aware of ourselves and increasing our awareness of others and where they're coming from going back later and reflecting, because this allows us to really think about how our emotions influenced our decisions and our behaviors and what we said during the conversation, as well as reflecting on how other people responded and how their emotions played a role. So asking ourselves questions like, why is this person feeling this way? And how do our emotions differ in this situation?
1: So I go back and reflect on a lot of like situations after they happen just to see like, did I make the situation worse? Did I make it better when I said this or when I reacted this way? Or at this point, did I get too upset? Did this person get up to? Get upset with me and kind of understand why. Because you can't improve your communication or your emotional intelligence if you don't take that time to look at the situation and really look inside yourself.
0: Yeah. And this one, I think we have to be a little bit careful because there's a a difference between reflecting and then overthinking. Mm -hmm. So, this is this I can definitely see being a little bit problematic with people that are that suffer with anxiety Mm -hmm. um because when we are anxious we tend to think a lot about our mistakes and fear of how we're perceived so i know that when i was going through anxiety i would uh, look back but i would ruminate i wouldn't really reflect i would more more so say, oh my gosh, I said something dumb. I made a fool out of myself. I shouldn't have said that. And I'll just like replay the event that I'm probably making a big deal, but nobody else noticed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So if if you're somebody that deals with that, I definitely be aware that the reflection piece is not supposed to make you anxious. It's not supposed to make you feel bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's solely supposed to just make you be more aware of the situation and be more aware of, of your emotions and what kind of role they played in that certain situation so we talked a little bit about tips for improving emotional intelligence some other ways to manage our emotions are relaxation techniques grounding techniques mindfulness meditation and exercise I think the pillars of wellness are the things that I always talk about uh, and probably annoy people with is the healthy diet, the sleep hygiene, and the physical activity. But beyond that, I want to talk about a grounding exercise that I find very helpful for myself, but also my patients have found really helpful. Specifically, those that struggle with intrusive thoughts and anxiety, it's called the five four three two one technique. Um, so it's using our five senses. So we kind of go through that list. We say we take a few deep breaths, and then we name five things that we see in the room that we're in. We Feel four things. So just like feel the texture of whatever it is that's around you. You name three things that you hear, two things that you smell, and one thing that you taste. And that is just a way for you to ground yourself, bring yourself back to the present when you feel any sort of heightened emotion. Mental exercises also are good because they take off, they take your mind off of those uncomfortable thoughts or feelings in that moment. Some of these exercises can be naming all the objects that you see around you, describing in the steps and performing an activity that you know how to do well counting backwards from a hundred by counts of seven to make it a little bit more difficult, pick up an object and describe it in detail, you know, describe the color, the texture, the size, the weight, the scent, all the qualities that you notice, Um, spelling things backwards, like your name, the name of three people, um, the things around the room, name all your family members, their ages, and their favorite activities read something backwards, think of an object and draw it in your mind or in the air with your finger. So these are just different ways to keep your mind in the moment and active uh, in the moment and you know and this is not like this will this will work for everybody you have to find the one that works for you so some people need to be more active with this some someone might not be able to sit there and calm down someone might need to go for a walk and that's what Mm -hmm. soothes them yeah Um, everyone is is different so it just really depends on the individual. Going into the additional resources, there's a lot of good, good information on YouTube. Um, I saw a few TED Talks that I recommend. One is called, What is Emotional Intelligence by the School of Life on YouTube. Uh, the Power of Emotional Intelligence by Travis Bradbury, which is a TED Talk on YouTube and Six Ways to Improve Your Emotional Intelligence by Ramona Hacker, also a TEDx talk.
1: Also, there are Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, Emotional Intelligence 2.0, and that's by two authors, Travis B. and Jean Greaves. And I've mentioned it before, but it's such a good read. I have to mention it again. It's Crucial Conversations, Tools for Talking When Stakes Are High. And that's by a whole group of authors. Um, The first name that I see is Peterson. There's about four different authors on there. So definitely check out that book because that one is really helpful in understanding yourself, understanding other people, understanding how there's communication breakdown and... What you can do about it so. also understand that having emotional intelligence you don't just wake up and say hey today i'm emotionally intelligent and i'm going to be a really great communicator it doesn't work that way <laughs> it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of practice so don't get discouraged if you've listened to some of these resources and you don't feel like it's helping right away. It just takes time to really understand yourself and become emotionally intelligent, just like any other intelligence. It just, you have to keep feeding into your mind. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Emotional Intelligence. Hopefully you found it super helpful. And remember guys,
0: stay growing. Enjoy these bloopers, back by popular demand.
1: Mic check.
0: Oh my what? god, I saw the funniest TikTok today. I have to send it to you.
1: What did you make me watch?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what can we get by... Okay, what? <laughs> okay. Basically, let me not say basically. (laughs) I mean, intelligence. Right?
0: (laughs) You're gonna have to edit that out. (laughs) What's wrong with us
1: right now? I know, we're just like. Mm -hmm.
0: Also, those who are high in (laughs) (laughs) emotional.
1: I think one of the interesting three things that I've learned to res- risk,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> much. Do you hear the sirens? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, let's wait till they go by. And <laughs> then another one goes by. There's another one.
0: <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> and there goes another one. I think it's gone. You don't hear it, right?
1: No. Okay.
0: Yep, 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 yep. Yep, 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 um, Okay.
1: You can say it.
0: Stay growing. Is that bad? No, I don't. <laughs> Stay growing. Which one's better?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just do it one more time.
0: <laughs> Stay growing. Or, <laughs> do I say low pitch or high pitch? Which one sounds nice? <laughs> okay. High pitch. Stay growing low pitch stay growing <laughs> no, oh, that kind of frowning
1: you're frowning <laughs> yeah. okay try do it while smiling
0: stay growing that sounds fake
1: <laughs> it does sound fake okay am I gonna use any of those oh
0: okay okay <clears throat> stay growing I think that's fine yeah that's
1: fine <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck on the creepy one